The Notre Dame men's basketball season has reached its bitter end, and Mike Bray's tenure as head coach is officially over after 23 years. Where do the Irish go from here? All that more on this edition of Locked On Irish. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Wednesday, March 8th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. The show is free and available wherever you get your podcast. plus you can watch it on YouTube as well. If you're listening to the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, give the video a thumbs up below and subscribe to the channel. My name is Tyler Bojack, and I am the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and a producer at the Fox Sports headquarters in Los Angeles. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And in today's episode, we're going to put this hugely disappointing men's basketball season to rest once and for all. We don't need to rehash it too much. It sucked. But I do think we need to acknowledge where the program is at and discuss what questions need to be answered as we transition into a brand new era of men's basketball at Notre Dame. But let's start with the game last night. The Irish fell to Virginia Tech by a final score of 67-64 to in the first round of the ACC tournament, and just a, a brutal way to end it, but also kind of fitting based on how the season has gone so far. So Nate Lashevsky had a chance to tie the game at the end of regulation, but his three-point attempt hit the rim, hit the backboard, and then fell to the ground, and Notre Dame lost. It really was a great game from start to finish, though. There were 21 lead changes or ties in total, 12 of those coming in the second half. And like I was saying, the ending was a, a microcosm of the entire season. Notre Dame actually led 62-58 to 58 with two minutes to go, but that quickly evaporated, and they weren't able to capitalize on any of their opportunities late. I give credit to Cormac Ryan for playing tough throughout the game, but he just couldn't get anything to go his way at the end there, and it's really unfortunate to see his career end that way. But again, this was Notre Dame's 10th loss this season in a two-possession game out of 13 chances. That's not going to get it done. And this group just really struggled late in games, and it happened again in Greensboro. I did, I did love the fact that Mike Bray went out swinging. And look, I'm not a blame-the-officials guy, and I don't think that the officiating is the reason that Notre Dame lost this game. But I think everyone who watched that game would agree that the uh, the officiating was suspect, um, to say the least. And this was especially apparent on the play at the end when Matt Zona was fouled as he was trying to set a screen. But Zona accidentally elbowed the Hokies player who was trying to set the screen on, which resulted in a technical and possession back to Tech. And uh, here, here's what Bray had to say about that play after the fact. Quote, I'll be very honest now that I'm not in the league anymore. I think that last play, if you have an A officiating crew, and that was not an A crew, you say that's a basketball play. Then Bray would later go on to say, quote, look, Virginia Tech made plays, but I don't think that was handled right. We had some turnovers and made mistakes too. I think that's a basketball play in a great game, and you can shoot the free throws and let the game play out if that's a big-time crew, end quote. If that's a big-time crew is basically saying that crew sucked. But again, that's not the reason that Notre Dame lost the game. But typical Mike Bray, you know, he had to get some shots. And, like, what are they going to do? Find him? He's done. He's he's not in the league anymore. So that's vintage Bray on the way out the door because that was, in fact, his final game 
as the Notre Dame men's basketball coach. I already did um, a full episode on Mike Bray's legacy at Notre Dame last Thursday after the Irish won uh, his final home game against Pitt. So you should go check that out um, if you haven't listened to it already. So I'm not going to do that all again today. Bray's a legend. I love him to death, and it, and it sucks that it had to end like this, but endings rarely ever go how you want them to. So I won't dwell on that aspect of it. Instead, I want to focus on what comes next for the men's basketball program as they enter a pivotal stretch here that will have long-lasting ramifications. Um, As we start to think about the future, though, we have to acknowledge where the program is at right now. And frankly, it's not pretty. I mean, anyone who watched the team this season realizes that, but I think it's worth repeating here. They finished the season with an 11-21 record, but a 3-17 record in the ACC. 3-17. That's not getting it done. They didn't win a single road game all season and went winless through the month of February. Not great, Bob. What's worse is that Notre Dame doesn't have an influx of young talent on the way in that they could sort of rely on and, and I guess have some fallback hope for. Cormac Ryan is almost certainly gone. I think he's got a six-year, but he, he's going to leave. Along with Trey Wirtz, Marcus Hammond, Nate Lashevsky, Dane Goodwin, and Robbie Carmody. Um, who knows if freshman Van Allen Lubin, J.J. Starling, and Dom Campbell will stick around, but... Notre Dame desperately needs them to. And the only incoming freshman at the moment is Marcus Burton out of nearby Penn High School in Mishawaka. If you look back at the past few years, they've only made the tournament one time since 2017. And as fun as that run was last year when Notre Dame, rocked, not, when Notre Dame knocked off Rutgers and then Alabama, I think I speak for everybody when I say we're itching for more consistent runs in March like we saw from 26 or excuse me from 2006 through 2017 when the Irish made the tournament 9 times in 11 seasons. So, as Notre Dame turns the page here, there are a ton of questions surrounding the program. And they're not all about the head coach either, although that is obviously hugely important in how all of this shakes out the rest of the way. So, what are the most pressing questions facing the men's basketball program right now? That's coming up next on Locked on Irish. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. I think I gave out like four NBA picks last week, and I'm pretty sure I went one and three. That's a that's a tough start, to say the least. So I'm taking a day off. I'm not giving out any picks for tonight because I would never want to lead you astray. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now that the season is finally over, I'd imagine Notre Dame's search for Mike Bray's replacement will really ramp up here over the course of the next few weeks. It's honestly been really quiet on that front for a while now, which I guess isn't too surprising considering the fact that they were in the middle of a season and considering all the guys Notre Dame would want to hire are actively coaching their teams right now. It's pretty tough to try to negotiate contract uh, and and get all that settled, but there's obviously ways to express interest by going through agents, you know, back channels, things like that. But now you can really make progress as seasons wind down across the college basketball landscape and, some seasons end, like the case for Notre Dame. So we're going to spend plenty of time 
talking about who should replace Mike Bray, uh, what Notre Dame should be looking for in their next candidate uh, on this podcast over the course of the next few weeks. But before we can really discuss that, I think the Notre Dame athletic department has some questions they need to figure out themselves before they can make a hire. The first being, what are the expectations for the next head coach? Because I think that's hugely important here, right? And in my opinion, I think that Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame basketball fans, maybe not so much football fans, have a very realistic understanding of the expectations for the basketball program, okay? They understand the limitations, all that. We've been through that here. So personally, I think Notre Dame should be, you know, in the tournament conversation every year. Like, I understand down years happen. I get it. But they should be in the mix until February at the very least. And, you know, once they're in the tournament, I think at least one trip to the second weekend every four years is pretty reasonable. Notre Dame is always going to be a developmental program. That's the same way as it is for football, as it is for basketball. So they won't be able to just reload year in and year out by signing five-star one-and-done guys. That's that's never been the case in Notre Dame and never will be the case in Notre Dame. They're going to have to develop guys over the course of their careers, and hopefully that will lead to a deep run once every four years. You know, one All it takes is like a couple months to get hot at the end, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the Elite Eight like Notre Dame was in back-to-back seasons. I think those expectations are totally fair, and I actually think that makes the job a little bit more appealing to other coaches because they realize that they won't get run out of town after, like, one bad season, like uh, Chris Holtman is dealing with at Ohio State, for example. Keep an eye out for him, by the way. I think Holtman would be a great hire, and there's enough smoke there that makes me think it's a legit possibility that he comes to Notre Dame. But still, let's get back to the administration. I, I'm not sure what they expect out of the basketball program going forward. That's not to say that they aren't invested, because they clearly are. Bray was compensated well. The facilities are first class, although it took them far too long to get those facilities dealt with. I mean, that was a battle that Bray had to fight for years before it finally got done. They were literally pr- practicing in the basement uh, called the pit, all right? So they've come a long way in that regard, but still a long way to go when it comes to investment from the university. And... I don't even think this is a stretch to say that there are some very important people at Notre Dame who are more impressed by the fact that Bray ran a clean program with kids who graduated, stayed out of trouble, who also experienced a success on the basketball court along the way. Um, that's great and all, but we want some wins, man. And now that we're in the era of NIL and the transfer portal, an already difficult job is even harder. So what is the university going to do to help the coach navigate all of that? That comes back to the expectations point. Like, what do they expect out of the coach, out of the program? And it's tough to say from the outside. We know that getting undergraduate undergraduate transfers into the school is very difficult across all sports and uh, and really all undergraduate students, for that matter. Speaking from my own experience, there, we talk about it in the context of the football team all the time. So. The job as the men's basketball coach at Notre Dame was already difficult before, but now it's an even bigger challenge to keep guys around long enough to develop them properly. I mean, guys leave after one year all the time. That's why I'm concerned about what Starling's going to do, Lubin, like every freshman on the roster, really, because they just, uh, you look all around the country, how many guys enter the transfer portal every year in basketball. It's, It's insanity. Now, on the flip side of that, you could build a team through the transfer portal if you effectively scout players and get them to come to your school. And I think that's a great way 
uh, for teams to have to, to, for teams to have success. Like look at Pitt, for example. I think every guy in their starting five was has transferred at least once, and they just won the ACC regular season title. So that's one way to do it. That's one way that a lot of other teams are doing it. Is Notre Dame going to be able to do that? I don't know. And if Notre Dame can't go out and get transfers to enhance their roster like everyone else, the administration has to recognize that they're limiting the program even more than the limitations that already exist and the expectations of, for, the next kid, for the next head coach have to reflect that. So everyone really needs to be on the same page here going forward. And I would hope that Mike Bray had enough success as the head coach of the men's basketball program that the university would want to build on that and, you know, go further. Like, could Notre Dame potentially make a Final Four run? I wouldn't say they'd be able to do that consistently year in and year out, but it's not impossible. I mean, they were this close to getting to the Final Four in 2015, but they obviously lost to that Kentucky team, and that's one of the best college basketball teams of all times. They were they were right there. It just didn't happen. So once everyone gets on the same page there between administration, coach, players, I think hopefully – that will lead to, to more success for the program. But I think that the biggest question here that will really determine the next decade for the men's basketball program has more to do with the administration and no one else, okay? Because they have to decide how serious are they? How serious is Notre Dame about the men's basketball program? We'll talk about that coming up next on Lockdown Irish. When it comes to the pecking order of Notre Dame athletics, I don't think there's any confusion about where men's basketball stands. They will never, ever be one. It's a football school. Football is going to get all the attention, the majority of the resources. It's just the way it's always been. It's the way it's always will be, and I think we all understand that, right? Like, that's not really a surprise, but that's okay. There are plenty of good basketball programs out there from traditional football schools. Look at Texas. They're in the top ten right now. Hell, look at Alabama. I know nobody wants to be compared to the dumpster fire that is Alabama right now, but you see my point. Tennessee is another football school that has had a really solid basketball team for the past decade plus. Uh, Miami, Florida, they're like a wannabe football school, but they have a good basketball program. Baylor just won a national championship a couple years ago, and I would say that if you ask the average Baylor fan, what would you rather have, a football championship or basketball, they would say football 10 times out of 10. There's plenty of examples out there. Those are football schools who invest plenty into their men's basketball program, and the results speak for themselves. Like, you can have both. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. With that being said, though, Notre Dame has to figure out how serious they are about the men's basketball program. Because if they decide to take a a more passive approach going forward and hire someone from, say, a mid-major and supply him with limited resources in the hopes that he manages to do more with less because he did that at a mid-major school, it's not going to work out. Like, Notre Dame is in the ACC. I know the ACC had a down year that is not gonna it's not gonna work out okay you can't just give the whoever it is it could be a big name if Notre Dame does not invest into that person properly it's not gonna work out like it, it just it doesn't work that way anymore much like football the school has to decide how willing they are to engage in this modern era of college basketball they have to figure out the transfer portal like that has to be number one if you're serious about the program you have to be serious about the portal And in that vein, what sort of support staff are you willing to provide whoever you hire as the next men's basketball coach? Because Mike Bray was notorious for keeping a tight staff. He didn't want a ton of bodies. He wanted a tight-knit group 
not a ton of different people, and Notre Dame was more than happy to abide by that because less coaches on staff, less support staff, the less you have to pay for. Like, that makes sense. Notre Dame was more than happy to to provide Bray with what he wanted, and what he wanted wasn't as much as what some other schools want. That might not be how the next coach operates. Whoever the next guy is might want a bunch of people to help out with recruiting, operations, scouting, training, all that. And if that's the case, the university has to be willing to shell out the money necessary to make those hires. If they are, I think that Notre Dame will have a lot more success. And I know that wasn't Bray's thing, but now that it's over and we can all look back at it now, I think we all could admit that he probably could have benefited from a few more bodies there, especially on the recruiting trail. Like, that's obvious. So go look at team pictures, right, from any other top basketball program around the country. There's like 50 people there. There's way more coaches and support staff than there are players. And frankly, that's just what it takes to win nowadays. Like, uh, you look at the NBA level, how many people work on one single team. It's insane. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen for Notre Dame basketball, but there needs to be more people, more of an investment, not just financially, but with people, a commitment to make the men's basketball program the best that it can be. And I really think that Notre Dame is at a crossroads right now when it comes to men's basketball. There's no doubt about it. And this next decade will basically be determined by the decisions made in the Golden Dome and in the Joy Center over the next couple of weeks. And it really all falls back on how serious is Notre Dame about the men's basketball program. Once they figure that out, they can figure out, okay, what are the expectations for the next head coach in the program going forward? Because if the university and the administration is willing to invest in the program, and again, I'm not saying they haven't been, I just think that they need to invest more going forward to build on the success that Notre Dame has had over the past couple of decades. The past five years or so haven't been great, but Notre Dame has had a lot of success in the past decade, and there are plenty of opportunities for Notre Dame to build off that, but everyone has to be aligned. The university has to take the men's basketball program seriously. They will have to provide whoever the coach is with whatever he needs to be successful within the context of what Notre Dame is about, and I get all that. I know there's going to be some limitations there forever, but if they're all on the same page and there's a very clear standard of expectations that the university and the fan base and everyone involved can all agree upon, I think Notre Dame's in a good position. But there are some very important uh, questions that need to be answered, and they need to be answered soon, and that will culminate in the next, whoever the hire is, and then really the next decade of the men's basketball program because these past few years have been disappointing, but I think that there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about the future, even if the short term doesn't look that bright. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making this your first listen today. And whether you're watching or listening, please remember to subscribe to the show. Please, please subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, or my personal Twitter account at Tyler W O J C I A K. For your second listen today, go check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, all on Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys tomorrow.